Hello, this is the Growing Up Brit-ish podcast where we discuss topics through the lens of more than one cultural identity and celebrate being different. Hello, I'm April, Filipina, born in Saudi Arabia but raised in the Philippines and then I moved to England at the age of 11. Hi, I'm Leila, half Turkish Cypriot, half Bahraini Iranian and I moved to the UK when I was eight. And I'm Danielle, my mum's English and my dad's from a Chinese community in Vietnam. As a caveat before we start, we will be discussing sensitive topics and we'll be using commonly accepted racial labels. Our intention is to celebrate differences, but if you ever feel offended or you'd like to call us out on anything that we're not aware of, please feel free to send us an email at britishwithadash at gmail.com. That's britishwithadash at gmail.com. Every week we'll post three questions to each other surrounding one topic and share our own twist and experience. This week's topic is... so what is your relationship with food um i would say i can talk about filipino food more than i could talk about british food and rightly so i guess because i grew up and i I still live in a filipino household Mm. um but I actually do not love Filipino food as much as I would like myself to be. Mm, I know it's quite embarrassing they? to say that, isn't it? Because I, I can live without rice for a very long time. <laughs> and I did that for like two years when I was in London um, working as a teacher. You never ate rice? Like, Sorry. Yeah, like I could live for some reason. I just sort of, I think it's a result of the many years of adapting when I was living with other people. When I was in Leeds, when I was in, yeah, London. Um, and also when I was in Spain. And it's really hard to cook like some of the Filipino dishes that I really love. Like getting the mm. ingredients alone is a lot of effort, mm. money and time that I just couldn't afford when I'm living on my own. So in that sense, sort of adapted to this lifestyle that doesn't cater for Filipino food. So um, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things that I've yet to embrace or incorporate into my daily existence. Mm. <laughs> like there's still that divide for me. I go home, I eat Filipino food with my parents and my friends. I leave my parents' house, go back to yeah, London. Um, and I don't find myself missing it that much. Yeah. It's weird that you went so long without rice. I swear that we had a conversation about this and you were disappointed in yourself that you yeah. hadn't eaten rice in so long. Yeah, like I still, there is still that sort of shame, I suppose. I'm like, because people's... And I don't know who I mean by people. Is it Filipino people judging me, society in general, or just myself judging me for like, oh, you're not very tied to your own food culture. Are you Filipino enough? Because there's this thing like, oh, you're, you're less of a Filipino because you don't like your, your dishes. You know, it's, it's got to stop, I think, now. But it's, it's not that you don't like your, your no. dishes, but it's that you haven't incorporated it into your daily life when you're not at home but also that might just be because you live a busy life and actually these dishes take a lot of like effort that's to true make well the, enough the, yeah but the guilt part is I actually don't love it <laughs> oh, right okay I'm neutral do I love it I, I like it I appreciate it and I I'm proud of it to a certain extent but over the years I've noticed that my preference for Filipino food, oh, what's the word? For example, at Filipino parties, it's always like a buffet. Filipinos love to feast. You would get mm-hmm. so many dishes in one table if it's someone's birthday. <laughs> I don't, like, Danielle is laughing because it's I'm laughing because it's the same. It's exactly, <laughs> exactly the same. So it's, and I love that. It's like, oh my God, it's a feast. Like you, what is that saying where you just eat with your eyes? Mm. Your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, you would get that straight away, right? It's always a worry that there's not enough food. And then by doing that, just making 10 dishes per person, which is completely over the top. (laughs) (laughs) But then who's to say that? Who are we to say is over the top? You know, that's been, you know, so I don't also want to question that. And I don't want to get Filipino haters. So when I go to a (laughs) Filipino party, I'll be like, oh, cool. But you have to be in the mood for, for the buffet. But then I've come to the realization that over the years, like I have preference towards like just, simple meals i it's not that i feel like it's too greedy it's just that i don't like all these flavors mixing i would be the odd one in the maybe in the party getting rice and then one bit of food and then another one really small and then i would just come back and whereas it's 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 traditions like most of the time you would see just 
piling everything onto one plate. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like that in that sense. You know, there's some sort of, it's not really anti, I'm not anti-Filipino food. I wouldn't say so, but it's not necessarily I would um, behave similarly as my Filipino peers and have my the same reactions towards our own food. I so. just wanted to say that just making an observation, maybe you you feel like, <clears throat> whereas I feel like I have to connect, like I'm trying to connect with the Vietnamese and the Chinese side. I Maybe you don't feel like you have to make an effort to connect to it and therefore don't feel as enthusiastic about it. Mm. It could be. Maybe I'm taking it for granted. Maybe. Not That's in like true. a negative way, but maybe it's mm. just that it's there. And yeah. like it's there when you go home. It's like around and you don't have to kind of, struggle to find yourself in situations that you're exposed to that food it's just readily available when you go mm-hmm. home so exactly yeah yeah i guess it's so kind of just catching. daily life but what about you guys so you was you were saying then danielle that you do you feel that you want to connect with the vietnamese culture how is that going mm, i just feel like because i was born in the uk um and then in my house there was like a combination of like standard 90s British meals um like Yorkshire puddings my mum's amazing Yorkshire puddings and then at the same time we'd also have like homemade spring rolls Vietnamese curries and like my dad's pork and eggs dish uh it's just like a, a whole mixture at home but it was mainly like I'd have school dinners at school and that was mainly English meals and so this was like a different like I don't like a window into my other side and it's like a I don't know it's like a symbol of home for me it feels like home do you feel like this is you feel like it's your way of connecting with your culture because it's something that's kind of remained constant throughout your life and is something you associate with home because do you not like what April said like when she lives on her own not at home she doesn't necessarily make Filipino food herself Mm. like do you find that's that's why you associate it with home and yeah it's a symbol of home I don't I'm this I'm similar to April in the way that I go through stages sometimes I cook a lot of Asian food a lot of the time because it's easy compared to April who said it's complicated I guess it depends Mm. on what you're making really but it's weird I do eat a lot of rice but I did find myself realizing that because I was in a relationship for four years with a guy who was white English, um, I didn't cook a lot of like Vietnamese or Chinese food at all. That's also what I wanted to question when you said, oh, you cooked a lot. I was like, but what did the people you live with say? There's also this like, oh my God, the soy sauce, oh no, the fish sauce is going to smell a lot. So strong. I feel really, oh, the fried, if I fry fish, that would be the end. They would kick me out. <laughs> so I'm so conscious about these things. So there's no way I could cook a simple Filipino dish because it entails a lot of deep frying and, you know. So, yeah. but it's so similar to you that you just, you also feel this sort of, it's not really insecurity though, is it? It's more like, I guess we're being considerate or is it insecurity? Know. Why I do we not? Is, I think it's like, I think it's easy. And I think April, you reminded me as well of the fact that if you live in a place like, Leeds for example or Leicester or London um I know April you said you had an experience where there wasn't a lot of diversity but depending on where you are in Leeds there are Mm. some you know Chinese supermarkets um a lot of places where you can get ingredients like fish sauce and oyster sauce all that stuff um but if you live in certain areas then you can't get hold of that stuff so you just kind of make do and I really I'll, I'll be honest there's a bit of snobbery going on with the ingredients <laughs> like I won't get any oyster sauce isn't like panda brand or whatever it is oh but it's like to each their own like it's not fit to your taste buds yeah exactly it's not for you I wonder you know you said that you you lived you were in a relationship for four years I wonder if it and because of that like you feel you didn't cook as much Asian food but is that also because was he not as interested in that side of the culture and therefore you felt like you couldn't just throwing this out there by the way mm. um like you could you felt you couldn't share it with him or I thought he was quite p- picky anyway like he didn't like certain types of fish dishes 
And so like seafood was just off the cards and a lot of Vietnamese dishes have seafood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And they just have strong flavors. I think food is so important to me. And to be with somebody who didn't appreciate that or didn't share any interest in the food that I liked, or even if you don't like that food, even just to kind of ask questions about it or be curious about it, that's Mm. all I ask really. I I think I'm I'm in that struggle right now. well, I told you about the other day where I cooked too much rice, egg fried rice. <laughs> and then I still had leftovers that I had to make garlic fried rice. Mm. And I ended up having so many servings, but my partner, my boyfriend, is not into rice that much. So <laughs> I had to finish it all on my own. <laughs> um, and I'm riced out. I'm riced out. A Filipina is riced I'm out. Like, I'm riced out. Yeah. You can't say that you haven't had rice in a while now. Yeah. What about you, Leila? I feel like my relationship with food from my cultures is like a bit complicated because, so for the listeners who don't know me, I'm pescatarian. Um, but growing up, well, growing up, I used to eat a lot of meat, but just generally both sides of the cult, my cultures. So like my Turkish side and the Iranian Bahraini side, meat is a big part of our diet or like normally is a big part of the diet. Um, so when I think back to growing up, a lot of my memories to do with food are around meat dishes. And now obviously being pescatarian or mainly eating vegetarian food, I can't replicate those. I mean, like there's so many dishes that are vegetarian that I love and that we try to cook at home, but it's just, to me, it's not the same as like my grandparents cooking or like when I go to Bahrain and my family there cook it's just amazing and I feel my dad actually makes some amazing curries that are obviously authentic um but I don't I feel I can't replicate them myself so I try but it's not the same I feel Um, the same yeah and like you guys like I wouldn't normally cook those kinds of meals for myself like I would eat that when I come home or like when we visit family yeah, because don't you, I guess in your culture as well, both of you, like you associate that, that kind of food. It's more appealing to eat with family or other people. Mm, yeah. This is it's it. This yeah. is it. Yeah. Rather than to eat it on my own, I'd rather sit and have, like you said, April, a ton of different dishes on the table. You know, I'd rather have that. I think it just reminds me of like being, like it sounds really lame, but just like being together. So like having mm. a big group of people and like grabbing different dishes and hearing everyone at the table eating <laughs> yeah that is because in Cantonese one, culture yeah. in Cantonese culture especially as I don't know probably Vietnamese I'm not sure whether it's a it is a cultural thing I think it's an Eastern Asian thing to eat loud to show that you like the food so mm-hmm. it was very loud at the table particularly eating pineapple <laughs> yeah because yeah, it's it's I agree with Dan- what Danielle said because it's it's such a huge part of the food culture. It's not just about the dish. It's about yeah. how you experience the food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, which I guess you can't replicate if you're living on your own or you're living with other people. Mm. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. It's probably why I've never, and it sounds ridiculous, but I think I've lived in London for like five, over five years and I only went to one Vietnamese, two Vietnamese restaurants. I took my ex-boyfriend to a Vietnamese restaurant and it just made me feel uncomfortable the whole time, really. It, like, just, Why? I don't know. He's quite picky with his food. And he'd be like, oh, what is this? What's this? And, like, cutting mm-hmm. it open and, like, checking what it is. And oh, what does it taste like? Will I like it? And that is what puts me off taking, well, taking friends sometimes, but also taking partners mm-hmm. to restaurants. Um I feel like it's really disrespectful and ignorant in yeah. a way because like you're going, you know, okay, you may not have tried the food ever before, but you know it's part of the culture that the people are taking who who are taking you there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, something I wanted to bring up actually is something you mentioned today earlier, April. Actually, you might bring it up later. No, but... don't. you bring it up now. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, something we do in Bahrain, actually, which I didn't even, I never questioned, and it's only today when I heard your voice note, um, is we sit on the floor and eat 
with our hands and like it's only today that I realized like oh yeah that's not something that everyone does but it's so normal to me when I go there like we don't always eat on the floor but it's customary when there's like a family gathering so like once a week all the family would come over and then you put out a big we call it a sufra like a it's a big cloth essentially or like a plastic rolled out mat and everyone sits around it on the floor and well I usually eat with a spoon but like you can just eat you just scoop the rice with your hands kind of thing Mm. um and that's just so normal to me and it's not something I ever question and it's only today I was like oh my gosh yeah I totally forgot (laughs) that is something that's just not normal to everyone (laughs) which obviously is weird because yeah because obviously here we eat on a table and I never think twice and yeah so you only do it in Bari so when your relatives or your grandparents come over well you sweet pre-covid like this is this is not a thing in London no because it's my dad's it's like a I suppose it's the Iranian ah sorry okay yeah the Iranian side of the family and yeah it's just traditional like growing up in my grandparents house like my grandparents in Bahrain have passed away now but we used to go around once a week like all the family and we would, they have a live or had a living room or like a, an area that we would all gather and sit around. And there's no, there's no table in their house. Like none of the rooms have tables in. It's just seating like cushions on the floor and everyone just sits around on the floor. Like it's a lot. Sounds amazing. It's different. It's, yeah, it was great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. When I go back, I don't question it, but it, it's just interesting that today is the first time I questioned it. At the age of 29. I know. Yeah. Never too late. Yeah. yeah. Do you, and I know you said that you usually eat with a spoon, but have you ever eaten with your hands? I think when I was younger, I, I used to, but, you know, it gets it under your nails, like mm. all the curry and stuff. So for me, it's just more practical. And like, actually, some of my family members also eat with a spoon, but like my old, like my uncles, my auntie, sometimes still eat with their hands. Um but yeah, I just feel like it's impractical. And then my hands are just so dirty. Like, what if you're eating shrimp though? It's more practical to eat shrimp. With oh hands. yeah, yeah. But I mean like yeah. rice. So it's usually curry and rice. Oh yeah. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. salad, yogurt, everything on top of each other. And you're trying yeah, to scoop it. How can you eat it. yogurt? No, no, I mean like the yogurt has been put on the rice on your plate and then you scoop it with the rice. And you, it all goes that's another thing that you do that's another thing that you do Layla you put yogurt on everything yes everything with yogurt yes. I noticed this because I was like why is she putting yogurt on that <laughs> that's yogurt. definitely a cultural thing yeah I For love it sure. yeah both sides so, of my culture definitely yeah. I was gonna say that um I found it quite difficult actually to prepare for this episode because the question is so you know, what is our relationship with the food from our respective cultures? I found it difficult. It sounds strange, but I found it difficult to differentiate between what was, what was English and what was Vietnamese or Chinese. I know it is because I, I sit there and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is what it is. But as a child, it was just like through the week, we'd have one day, we'd have like, I don't know, Yorkshire puddings or fish fingers and chips. And then another day we just have something completely different and it never threw me. So mm. some days I'd be eating with chopsticks, some days I'd be eating with knife and fox, knives and fox. And it, yeah, it never really threw me. Um, and now, so it was hard for me to, it was like, a, it's like habit. It's like just daily life. So this is why it's yeah. tricky. To, but, no, but, um, then, but then surely that shows you have, so I guess healthy relationship or like a mm, good yeah. relationship with both of yeah. your cultures yeah definitely but also I think living in a country it's understandable like even for us we still eat English food or whatever we consider to be English food or not Turkish food not Iranian yeah. food sorry know? can we can we get this straight what is English food for you guys no again I get like for me the only time, and no disrespect to English food, but I, the only time probably would be fish and chips takeaway, and Greg's. I just need Greg's. I, I mean, love Greg's, Greg's is good. I do I like Greg's. Greg's. So is that okay? So okay. So please educate me. I don't think I can. I don't know. We we don't. What when I refer to English food 
at home, it would be pasta. Anything that's not a curry <laughs> or not Turkish food to me is Turkish food. <laughs> Anything that's not so pasta and Italian yeah. food <laughs> is but, English. You know, I know what you or mean. Or like a soup that's yeah. not Turkish. It's, like it's, um, a mushroom soup would be English to me. I would say a pie is oh, yeah. an English yeah. thing. Mm, I would say a roast dinner. And it, this is something that I wrote down and I made myself laugh while I was saying it. But I do find that it's strange, I guess, because like someone from Vietnam might think, oh, how does she like this food? This English food is so bland compared to Vietnamese food. It's mm. just to me, just as comforting and just, mm. and I obviously I, you, everyone knows I'm from Yorkshire and I'm quite proud <laughs> of being <laughs> from Yorkshire, but I love the food and it reminds me of, and actually it reminds me of the fact that when my dad first came over to this country um, and when he met my mum at school, my dad used to go over to my nana and granddad's house on my mum's side and try all the different foods, like eat pie. Oh. He used to have like meat and potato pie and really looked forward to it. He loved, um, what was it? He used to have school dinners and he had, it's like jam sponge or treacle sponge. And that was his favorite pudding. And he'd never had pudding before. So it blew mm. his mind. And so he loves English food, but equally mm. loves obviously Vietnamese mm. Chinese food. So yeah, interesting. <laughs> you could love both. Why not? You know, it's yeah, totally fine, acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a question okay. for yeah. I have a question for both of you actually. What food did you used to have in your lunchbox when you used to go to school? <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know why that's funny, April. <laughs> I because I think I I was so ashamed that I maybe made the decision to forget. It's all very worried to me, honestly. I only I know that it was definitely Filipino food and I brought a lot of rice and we would sit in this like Filipino table and have me with my friends. And we were just it wasn't really made fun of, but we would definitely stick out like a sore thumb and it just it was embarrassing to me when I was growing up. Obviously you didn't you know, you you, you hated to be different, you wanted to blend in. And mm. the, there we were, the Filipino table, having rice and all this odd stuff that come along with it. And I don't remember going to like the cafeteria, maybe for an odd sausage roll or two if I'm still hungry, but I never touched the food at the cafeteria. I don't think maybe towards like year 11 probably, but I actually couldn't answer. And if that's embarrassing, then I can't, I don't have any memories of it. It's because I guess I suppressed it in a way, like I, because mm. I wasn't particularly proud of it at that time. It's also a long yeah. time ago. It's a long time ago too, yeah. I remember, I remember my lunch boxes quite um, vividly, but they were always English, which is why I found it really interesting. My mum would always pack my lunch. I had like sandwich, a yogurt, and fruit or something, um, mm. and I would never have anything different. So when I came home from school, it was like, oh, I'm gonna have this food now. Or mm. yeah, it's just interesting. But I was yeah. gonna ask you, April, um, did anyone ask you about your food, or was anyone curious about it? Probably. Some in a good way, some just like probably mocking it at some point. But it's what you expect, I guess. If if it's something unknown, people don't know how to react to it. People react to it in different ways. And I'm okay with that now, it's, anyway, in hindsight. And at least there was a table of you guys. So like you didn't feel like alone in this. Like did everyone else feel this way? You said there's never, like a group of Filipinos um, that you used to eat with. I don't think we never, we never discussed this. Hmm. that's a shame I also you? only had English lunches I well I say English lunches as in I had sandwiches for lunch I don't remember ever taking other food with me because like we couldn't heat it up so I wouldn't eat a cold curry or cold rice nor I mean mm. in some circumstances yeah because there was nowhere to, there was no microwave or anything so I felt oh, we ate it cold <laughs> I have a strange relationship with cold rice and it, when somebody told me in fact they might listen to the podcast but when somebody told me they're Italian and when somebody told me that they were having a rice salad it really upset mm. me oh. <laughs> I don't I don't deal with cold rice apart from in the dolma uh, that you yes. made Layla and you, you made those you made those for me in Granada, Granada and that was probably the only time that I had a window into your culture yeah I think that's food. probably the only I think I've only done it a few times. Oh, April's got a question. Sorry. 
This is why I love this podcast. How stupid am I? To have gone to, to, to Istanbul, love Midya Dolma so much. And yet I didn't put the two and two together like Leila, Midya Dolma. But, <laughs> but, but maybe that's because we yeah, have like, this is how we don't sort of make the food from our cultures. Just strange, right? Yeah. Which you should because so Midya Dolma is awesome. This podcast yeah. has made me want to explore so much with you guys, like in real life. It just makes me sad that we can't. I'm with at everyone. The moment. Yeah. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to also ask you about. So, as part from the relationship that we have with our respective cultures, like when Layla said, or Danielle mentioned, the fact that Layla puts a lot of yogurt on whatever on all her dishes. Most. I wanted to know whether Danielle also does this without knowing, and now she's kind of like, oh, I see food this way because of my culture. Like for example, for me, I'm always always hungry. And that's not because I think I'm just a glutton. It's just that in my culture, we eat all the time. Well, I actually wanted to ask <laughs> that whole, like, what does food, food mean to you and your culture? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if this is something to do with my culture, but because I feel like sometimes I can't be totally myself when it comes to food around certain people or friends, because I feel like because they don't have the same, I don't want to say appreciation of food, but because food maybe isn't like the importance of food isn't instilled in them as much mm-hmm. as it has been in my culture but actually yeah. they see what they see is like oh you eat too much or mm. um they like i i'm i have this fear of being judged for like how i eat my food how much food i eat and i think that's because i've grown up around a culture where like food is so important like you if someone comes over you have to offer them food like if they want it Mm -hmm. or not and it always has to be in abundance you can't eat food in small quantities like if you give something to someone I know this this still happens today like if we offer something to someone it needs to be like a big slice of cake otherwise it doesn't look good or like Mm -hmm. it needs to be a big bowl of food even though they're they've said they're not hungry and they only want a little bit but actually my parents interestingly because I don't feel like there are when I think about like our household I don't feel like we're we're that Turkish or that Iranian but then in certain things like that with how we I suppose with guests like our Mm. the idea of like hospitality is like linked to food yeah um, is massive yeah sorry can I just make I want to see if we're super similar here so say for example you have guests coming over they eat the food you have leftovers do you also like share the leftovers and be like no take this home with you because oh, we yeah. do yes yes everyone has I a doggy bag why does everyone have yeah. a doggy bag the amount of times that you end up with like strange rogue things in your fridge so <laughs> where's yeah. it come from <laughs> because like on the flip side i've seen when people don't do that and then it goes thrown away and there's so much food waste because because there's also like negativity associated with leftovers sometimes and like I think in our culture it's like no just share the food because it's there to be eaten by everyone yeah exactly when you said Layla about it doesn't look good Mm. what did you mean well that I would say I've taken that phrase it's like something that my my mom in particular or my parents would say like it looks I don't know if it's something to do with status, mm. not intentionally, but like subtly, like, like having a lot of food shows abundance, therefore yeah. shows wealth. I, I don't know if that's the idea that it comes from in the culture. It's almost like we're scared that people will judge us if we give them not little food. Exactly. Yes, mm. that. It's like it shows that, oh, we don't have much, so we can't give away much. I don't know if it's that sort of mentality. Or it's like living comfortable, so that it shows that you can live comfortably and that your status is yeah. it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. But it's, yeah, this whole hospitality, hospitality thing, you want to impress your guests. Exactly. But why? You know, is that... But I don't, I don't think it's just about that. Maybe it is. And this is also probably prevalent. Is that a word? Prevalent. Prevalent. In my, prevalent. Prevalent. <laughs> prevalent in my culture as well. But... Apart from that, and I think what's more important is we fear that the other person would think we don't care as much about them. They're all just giving them this. It shows mm. the amount of food you offer shows how much you care. It could also mm. be that. And we want to be. It was the same for me. It was split between two, really. 
because one side it's like an expression of love it's like my grandma mm, would just yeah. feed me and feed me and I would eat my food and she'd say eat more eat more and she'd be piling on rice on my plate and I don't know how I managed to get through childhood without becoming massive it's also a sign of that's <laughs> a funny funnily just remembered that my that recently I another Chinese another Cantonese phrase popped into my head and I asked my dad what it meant and it meant no more please or something like no more <laughs> as in stop giving me food I'm full <laughs> so to my so grandma <laughs> um but yeah I think it, in Chinese culture especially food is also a sign of wealth so if you go to a wedding like my I didn't go to my I wasn't I wasn't born yet but when my auntie and uncle got married, they had like lobster and suckling pig. And it, this is just like, just a sign of wealth, just mm. to make it as showy as possible and show that you have money and to impress people is quite a Chinese thing. Um, should we talk about how we feel about cultural appropriation then in food? Mm. Or like fusion food. Or fusion food. Yeah, mm. I, I think I... I'm not sure about my stance on this. And I wonder if it's because Turkish slash Iranian food is quite similar and is never really found in fusion restaurants. Like you wouldn't, it's usually like a Turkish restaurant or an Iranian restaurant or one that claims to be kind of both in some way, because the, the food does sometimes overlap. Um, so I don't lots really- Lots of yogurt. Lots of yogurt, exactly. Mm. Lots of rice, kind of like tomato-y curry type things. So. I don't think I have a very strong opinion about this. So I wonder if you guys want to start. I don't have strong opinions about this too, because we've been fusioning, fusioning is a word. We've been fusioning food for a very long time because of the mix of, in, of the cultures of influences we had. So from the Chinese, like we would make, we would put Filipino touch to like Chinese noodles and stuff. <laughs> Filipino, if anything, I think Filipino food is basically a fusion of different cuisines yeah mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of borrowing so, going on from all different cultures definitely yeah i mean yeah. english for example so much yeah. borrowing but because uh, my my brother actually raised this point and said in his opinion he thought cultural appropriation was counterproductive because it was more important to celebrate differences and so by combining the two and making them more palatable for like a western you know if we talk about chinese food changing that I, a lot of the chinese food that i eat here has probably been westernized to some extent but i'm just not sure about these fusion restaurants like ping pong for example i've been there a couple of times i've not not enjoyed it that was a bit of a double negative i enjoyed it and I like the cocktails there, the Asian kind of inspired cocktails, but there is a difference between Asian inspired and saying that a restaurant is Asian. Um, and I was reading one of the articles that you sent me about Gordon Ramsay and how his restaurant was described by him as an authentic Asian eating house, mm -hmm. but yet none of the chefs were Asian. And again, there's this Asian word again. It's kind of Asia is Asia is gigantic. Yeah. So that would basically mean that it could be anything from Japanese, Vietnamese, Chinese, Filipino, it could be Indian. So you can't really, you know, it just sounds wrong on so many levels, really, <laughs> to me. But I was just gonna say, I feel like okay, I totally get where you're coming from, Daniel. Especially if, say, the chefs on Asian like what what then makes the restaurant Asian the food that they've just decided was Asian that they're going to sell mm. um but at the same time is it is fusion a way of celebrating cultures so kind of opposite to what your brother said because there are so many similarities like even we've noticed like we come from very different Asian cultures and like we've noticed similarities so by bringing them together are, are people just trying to celebrate those like say for example say like a person can be mixed. Like you, mm. you're like your dad as well, like Chinese, Vietnamese, like that's mixed. So there must be influence in, on his Chinese, I mean. On his cooking on and his, his food, yeah. Exactly, it must have influenced him. Mm. Both cultures must have influenced him. So essentially like what he's doing, he's a fusion. He, he like creates fusion, fusions 
all the time. Human form. Yeah, but also in his cooking, if it's like influenced by both sides of the culture, do you know what I mean? So like, how can we say that that's okay, yet when it's put into a restaurant, it's not? I know what you're saying. I do know what you're saying. But I think there's a difference between a fusion of Chinese and Vietnamese culture in the same continent compared to, say, Spanish Chinese culture just randomly oh, yeah. being thrown together or just anything like I think yeah. I, I know what you're saying and I, I think I agree to some extent um because in some ways by making the I say Asian again by making say for example Vietnamese food more palatable by making it less spicy or by taking away certain flavors like fish sauce that might be not as accepted by western mm. people yeah. I guess it's good because it is exposing them to something that they've never tried before, even if it's just a certain degree, if it's just to a certain degree. But I don't know. I just, when I go to ping pong, for example, bring this up again, I think it's okay. But I just, I leave there thinking, I don't think I've eaten dim sum. I I go to a dim sum restaurant and leave feeling like I haven't eaten dim sum. And I'm not sure about that. But then knowing the difference anyway maybe coming in you sort of have an expectation already that you will sort of eat dim sum that is adapted to the western mm. tongue taste yeah and that's western tongue. you don't feel sad <laughs> the western tongue <laughs> um yeah I, I i do understand the what you said it's a gateway isn't it where mm. this that's could a be a good actually. starter to the to the, to the cuisine um, but at the same time, I guess it's just the way you do it because it was in that article that you sent as well later where if, if the chefs, if the chefs are not respecting, like um, saying that, oh, they can do, I read it was like Gordon Ramsay or whoever chef said, I can do better than the, how the Thai people can do it. That's problematic to me. Mm. It was just implied, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah. Said. He was going to cook the same dishes as an Asian chef, I think. And they were going to taste them to see how similar they were or how different they were. But then people took that as he's trying to prove that he can cook the dishes as good or better than oh, someone no, from I the culture themselves. I, I think that, that. that's... Yeah, I wouldn't. No, yeah, I no sorry, that's what that, it was think, implied in yeah, the... Yeah, I think that can only be art. a good thing. I wanted to make sort of a similar point um, from a point that was made earlier. When you said making uh, certain dishes palatable to the Western taste, which other people perceive as like, oh, we always have to, you know, adapt to your taste and your needs and stuff like that. But then think about it carefully. In Asia, we do that a lot too. In the Philippines, American food, we've butchered most of the American, like mm. whatever food is our French, French cuisine as well. Like we, we have lots of Philippines. We don't have a French chef working in the Philippines, <laughs> hardly. Um, we call it a French restaurant, but then, you know, it's, it's, it's adapted to the Filipino taste. So it's like to each their own, I guess. It's just that it's a shame because I guess Western is so dominant that it's seen as like, we, we are killing your culture. We are killing, killing the authenticness. But countries like Philippines, it's just, it's just as guilty. Yeah. I guess if you're learning from another culture, then that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with learning from a different culture and trying a recipe and trying food from a different culture. That's absolutely fine. I don't think we should be claiming to be better than the other culture. Mm, I agree. It's like accepting each other, accepting if you want to make changes. And I just wanted to bring up the Uncle Roger rice video. Because um, it was, I found it hilarious, but then I remember speaking to a lot of people who were English um, and not identifying with Chinese or Vietnamese Asian culture um, and they didn't hear about it so I don't know whether it was something uh, people have heard about it now and it seems to be like it's kind of blown up and this whole video of him criticizing BBC good food like chef making rice and rinsing it in a colander and I found it hilarious because I've always been taught to use a rice cooker and I I remember in uni seeing people rinsing the rice and just being so annoyed by it and just weirded out really. I didn't really understand it. <laughs> um, we rinse the rice, but we make ah, different. Yeah, we make I a different kind of rice though. I guess you want the starch there because you guys make it sticky, whereas 
we don't want yeah. the starch because it needs to be defined we need like defined bits of rice otherwise my dad gets yes. annoyed because in the in the dolma as well it's like it has a little bit of a chew to it, it has a texture yeah. to it that's like a bit chewier but this is more of but again I feel like I'm making comments and saying like oh this rice needs to be done this way and this is how I've been raised and any other way is wrong when that's not the case because you just kind of put me right mm. right there <laughs> so um but did you guys find it funny yeah the video the I hilarious yeah yeah that was it just speaks to me the fingers <laughs> yes measuring measuring rice with I'm doing the action but measuring rice with the yeah. fingers just yeah, I love that from you guys, actually. <laughs> in in China, when I was trying to use my rice cooker, I just just would guess. Everything is guesswork. In the food. Like, if you following recipes, like, what is that? <laughs> my mum just like... <laughs> yeah, true. And it would just all work out, I guess. Um, but isn't it interesting that uh, something like that, like Uncle Roger video, would gain so much visibility you would think that it should have happened a long time ago or maybe it has and then people forgot about it. It's crazy to think that this is starting to gain traction just now. Do you mean about cultural Chinese appropriation? Food. No, no, no. Just like, yeah, like how do, like just people taking notice of how we cook rice differently when Chinese, Vietnamese um, cuisines and restaurants have always been there. Yeah, strange. It's almost like we were just... There's a spotlight, all... finally. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. But you wouldn't know, yeah. like, if yeah. you go, even if you went to, like, a Vietnamese or Chinese restaurant, you wouldn't know that that's how they make the rice, unless you saw someone make it, and you, you often don't when you're in the restaurant. If you don't know someone who owns a rice cooker or have never been to China, um, yeah, you wouldn't know. Yeah, but the know, point I'm you? making is... It, yeah, but the point I'm making is, isn't it funny how disconnected we are to, to what we're eating? Mm, yeah we don't question sort of like we have mm. this i don't want to be super come controversial from where it's been. exactly we don't question it it's just like it's there the kitchen guy did it mm. it's like when you're drunk i have a kebab we don't celebrate like okay this is you know but it's true like okay how how sad is it that we associate kebab with like yeah. being over or so when yeah. and it's a not a real kebab it's not even a real kebab exactly there you go so it's stuff like this just makes me wonder i know what you mean i know mm. what you mean and i again it just reminds me of like the fashion and how certain dishes become fashionable like vietnamese chinese food has been not fashionable but it's always been popular but with vietnamese food it's now become really fashionable so i remember i moved in to uh, like a house in London when I first moved and then one of the the people I was living with was just asking we were just talking about like culture and background and I said I said that I was part Vietnamese and then she just kind of said oh my god I, I love summer rolls and I was like what's a summer roll and then she just said oh you know like the the, the wrap that's got like prawns in it and salad in it and I was like oh a wrap and I just always referred to it as a wrap. And I didn't realize that it was this like popular thing that was now being sold for like six pounds for one tiny wrap. And as a no, child, no. I would eat six or something. Yeah. <laughs> we just, do you know what I mean? It was just like, mm. and I feel like it just takes away, like for her to just say like, oh, you've never had a summer roll. And I just felt like, oh, I, she's connected with, that with Vietnamese culture and I'm not like what what am I missing I missed out on something and I've been eating them all along <laughs> I just, uh, just didn't know what they were called yeah. and also it doesn't it doesn't even translate as a summer roll so I don't know where that's come from but again it's the different interpretation of the food mm. that you're used to yeah so I don't know I feel like these are like fashionable ingredients like avocado is a fashionable ingredient now but yet my dad was eating it in vietnam and with sugar so you, oh, same. April, oh, same. you said yeah, the same yeah. didn't you yeah. so yeah just like sprinkling sugar on it and so now it's like on the side of like avocado toast <laughs> with a sprinkle of feta or like i don't know it's just strange isn't it that like the relationship that you have with food yeah and yeah i realized that when i was in chile when they put it on the bread and I'm like, oh my God, they're doing like brunch like all the time here. And it's like, this, I sound so <laughs> ignorant when I say that, but it's normal. And it's, it's, it's yeah, it's very interesting. 
that's the problem. I think that's why we see it problematic when Western, the Western oh, society uh, takes uh, on a certain cuisine. It's a sort of like, A, they have their own interpretation, which is fair enough, but it's almost like, oh, it's no longer cool. We move on to the next. And mm. it's almost a disregard. Like disposable. Exactly. And I, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Having said that, Filipino food hasn't taken off globally. And I'd love to try it. I, I tried. I, when I came to your mum's, when, when we came to your house, April in yeah. Leicester, and tried your mum's cooking, it made me so happy. But that's the thing. I don't think it would take off. My mom's cooking is amazing. Like I actually Filipino, my knowledge of Filipino food is mainly based on my mom's cooking. And when I go to like Filipino parties and stuff, but Filipino restaurants are barely eaten in actual Filipino restaurants in the Philippines. And I think there's so much more to it. The reason why I don't know if I should go into it because it's more than food itself. There's so many reasons behind why we haven't made it to the global scene, I think. Mm. Um, well, why is that well the ingredients it's really hard to get and I feel like you need a really strong agricultural sector and that in our country is still quite poor compared to other cultures I think mm. maybe I do need to do more research but that's how I when I read the news and when I see like typhoons like ruining like the government how they just don't fund the country as well as we would like it to be it's the whole business side as well things and that filipinos still need to gain that kind of skill maybe um having said that there are a couple there are a few now in london with like filipino food pop-ups it's it's sort of gaining traction but still very underground and and also it's the we feel like there's still a lot of barriers confidence um mm. it, it, there's so many barriers i can't yeah but it's sad that i mean we shouldn't have to wait for it to be to come to become fashionable to be able to yeah. eat it like we can eat it with you and you can show us how to make it or we can eat your mum's cooking mm. again because it's amazing or i could attempt to cook yeah for you guys so what would be your favorite food then would you say from, from, your from own, our cultures from your own culture yeah I already kind of mentioned it. I already mentioned wraps slash summer rolls. Um, but I just remember going to my grandma's house and there was this like quite plasticky table, <laughs> um, table covering and always a toilet roll on the table. I don't know whether you have that, April. Always a toilet roll on the toilet. table. In case oh, you clean your thing. hands or something. Yeah, always <gasps> toilet yeah, roll though. Yeah, yeah, the, Never kitchen yeah. roll. Never a serviette, just always toilet roll. I noticed that in China. I don't know why, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's cheaper. It's more Yeah, economical. it is cheaper. Um, and yeah, so my granddad would sit at the head of the table and then there would be like loads of dishes, loads of kind of um, shallow bowls of hot water that would constantly get filled up. And then you'd have the wraps on the table. You'd have uh, a plate of shrimp, like sliced, so butterfly shrimp, um, mm. slices of pork, uh what did we have in it i think there was noodles is it vermicelli noodles the thin ones in just piles on the table then um peanuts that my uncle had roasted and spent ages moving to get the shells <laughs> deshelling them um like hoisin sauce with lime fresh chili um and then the wraps on the table and then you and then loads of salads so you'd have like loads of like herbs i think my granddad had this i can't remember what it's called but it's like a big leaf it's like a vietnamese herb that he had grown in the garden and then we used to just make our own wraps so everyone mm. used to have their own style and we used to like laugh because obviously sometimes your wrap would break <laughs> like or you try and i remember when i was young i'd like copy from everyone else and you know try and follow the follow their lead to make these wraps and then in the end it would probably just be like rubbish and it would never be as good as my granddad's um and just like just hearing my granddad like crunching away on fresh herbs it's just like such a nice memory mm. um yeah sounds delicious please so let's you still, eat that together yeah so do you still make it to, yeah like we like, still have it now okay. nice 
so good mm. and it's so nice when you make it yourself like think it this is the thing i feel like it's such a mindful way to eat so if you just buy it from a shop i know everyone does and i do as well they just buy some a sandwich that's already been made or something that's a summer roll that's already been made but if you sit and eat it and you share it and it's like a joint experience of putting what you want on your wrap in the order that you want and then rolling it up and seeing the order <laughs> in the wrap the layers yeah the layers um i just think it's it's such a nice way to eat it mm. that hungry, ties, Danielle. That, yeah but that ties into what we were talking about earlier it's like the whole experience of food is different because I, I forgot to point out like for example some some of the people i know would go on their phones whilst eating which mm. you know each, each their own but we don't do it that way we we sit down and eat yeah the food. that's actually mm. something that we still i feel in this in our household it's really important to eat together yeah like so we don't do it every time but like we try at least to have like one meal together or it's so uncommon for us to like cook our own meals whereas a lot of people have suggested that to me like oh just make your own food at home but actually it's so part of our culture that the person who cooks will cook for everyone and then we all sit down and eat it yeah um, mm. so i think that's yeah. something that still continues today i think that's the same that's the same in my mm. cultures as well what about you Leila? what's your favorite food oh i don't know i have so many and i was thinking like when i was thinking about this today I immediately, when I think about food, I go to my Bahraini side or like I go to memories of being in Bahrain as a child. Okay. And then I, I kind of reminded myself like, oh yeah, what about Turkish food? <laughs> so there's, I don't know, there's so many things that I love. Um, obviously I've mentioned dolma. Dolma is like, oh, my all time favorite Turkish food and like eating it with um, yogurt. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yogurt again. <laughs> Eating <laughs> it with yogurt is so good. What type? Um, what type of yogurt? Just, just quickly. Well, Greek. I mean, my grandma would call it Turkish yogurt, but <laughs> Greek yogurt essentially, <laughs> like thick, kind of natural. Yeah, like yeah. really thick, like slightly salty. Mm. Oh, delicious! And then, like you know, we make it into jajik, which is tzatziki. Mm. You know what? The, the cucumber and garlic. It. Yeah. Um, and that's what we usually have with the dolma. And it just reminds me of, it's something my grandma always used to make as a special dish because she knew I liked it. Like when I came back from uni or anything, she would always have dolma. She used to give it to me to take to uni with me. Aww, and I would have it, you know, just for like weeks. Um, but if I think about growing up in Bahrain, um, the two things that stick out to memories like to do with food one is well it's tea so i guess it's a drink but sweet black tea is something we drink when we're over there and like it's something my granddad used to drink all the time and he would it comes in like a small small cup with a saucer and what he used to do is he used to pour the tea into the saucer blow on it until it was cool enough and then like feed it to me and then I would like, so then he would give me the saucer and I would sip it. And obviously I was a child, so I didn't have that much tea, but he would like share his. Um, and then the other thing is also, I remember, so while my granddad was doing that, my grandma, this wasn't common, but they sometimes like for special occasions, like all the women would get together and cook in the, we had like a courtyard in my grandparents' house in Bahrain and they would just have a big pot i don't know if they had like a portable stove or something there would be some a stove on the floor then a giant pot like on top of it full of this stuff and i can't remember the name and i forgot to ask my dad before the call but it's like i don't eat it now because i don't eat meat but it's it's made from chicken bits of chicken mixed with flour and water and it's kind of like a sticky paste salty meaty sticky paste <laughs> that you eat with bread I don't um mm, and I just good. have this memory of like my grandma and my aunties just like stirring the pot for hours and hours like cooking it and like all of us kids like running around and playing until it was ready wow. um so that is I suppose it's not my favorite food now obviously I don't eat it anymore but it's just like my favorite like food memories I would say the tea and that mm. and like yeah I love dogma still 
Yeah. There's something so commun- commun- communal, 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 communal about how you communal. prefer. Sorry. <laughs> can, we, can we just, can we just, uh, can we just say it's 10, 10 p.m. Then this is why I'm slurring my speech. Yeah. Um, but it's, a, it's the whole process. And sometimes I fear that, that how, we, how our parents and how our grandparents, relatives used to make it, we used to witness these things. Mm. And yet we can't replicate it anymore. So does that mean the tradition is dying? You know, I wish I at some point would be able to have the time and energy and yeah, luxury to be able to um, learn all these um, yeah. traditions as well and hopefully pass it down. But as I see it right now, it's a, it's a real struggle to keep that kind of stuff alive. My dad's quite motivated to show me, actually. And it, it really is, when you said that, it was quite touching because it made me feel a bit emotional because I think he regrets not doing the same with his mum. And, um, yeah, he regrets, like, not cooking with her and watching her cook and taking her yeah. recipes because a lot of those have just kind of gone to the grave, which is just not... It's just really sad. Yeah. And so my dad a lot of the time he'll be cooking something and I come downstairs and just say like, Oh, what are you cooking dad? And then he'll say, Oh, do you want me to show you? And then he'll like break it Aww. down. So he does like, he showed me how to make, I think it's called tukko. It's like a, it's like a pork. It's, it's the pork and eggs dish. I think I've mentioned it. It's like belly pork, um, caramelized belly pork with fish sauce, coconut milk. Um, like it's got brown sugar in it. Uh, and it's kind of like cooked for a long time and he was just showing me it and breaking it down and it's just uh, you know you, you do it and you take it for granted when someone tells you mm. how to make something and then yeah. when you can no longer ask them then yeah yeah I don't know I feel like I should yeah. write these things down it's also practice though I feel like it's so my dad has also done the same thing like he'll Aww. show me how to make something and then I go to make it myself and it's just it's just well, not the same or like yeah, it so. requires so much dedication and yeah. patience and time exactly and I just haven't like there is something else that there's something that he makes all the time which is I think I've mentioned to you guys before is the we call it tadik but it's like the rice at the bottom of the pan that goes crunchy oh, we have the same it's my favorite it's just, oh my gosh well you essentially you make the rice and then yeah, you, you half cook the rice and then you put oil at the bottom so you take the rice out the pan put oil at the bottom of the pan put the rice in and you let it steam but while mm. it steams it like gets crispy at, it like cooks mm. at the bottom gets crispy oh it's so good and now you can actually go to an Iranian restaurant and buy it as a side dish because people love it so much mm, so so can, can I can I just clarify so this bit is burnt the bottom bit is burnt it's not burnt but it's like crispy it's Do you not not have well that? done I, I do you have how, that as well? Uh, do you not have that in the Philippines? We we have that as, as an accident, as a mistake, and people tend to be like, "Oh, what are we gonna do with that? We can't eat that." Like, what? I my know, dad, crazy, isn't it? But we still eat it, obviously, because we don't want food waste. <laughs> but it's like, oh, this went wrong, and how it's it's funny how in certain cultures it's like mm. you deliberately it's desired. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like an yeah. accident, I guess. And my dad, when I was writing the book, my dad, he mentioned that there was, there was like a stall near, near his house that specifically sold this, obviously a Vietnamese version yeah, of where ooh. someone had had an accident with a rice cooker or a something. And then the bottom of the, I think it was a pan. And then the bottom of the pan, the burnt part of the rice is fried with like, mm. I think it's fried with like spring onions and... Mm so good oh, i don't know what else it is i want to say dried shrimp or something like that my dad spoke about it and it just sounded amazing so yeah waste not want not no it's yeah, good yeah. Mm. so good i should try it and then i would never look at um that the the, the, the happy fellow the mistake the <laughs> can i just say the word in tagalog the tong yeah. i would never look at the tong the same <laughs> way again um, anyway yeah um, so what's your favorite? Yeah, what's yours? My favorite, it would be, it's something called kare kare, which I realize is quite similar to a Brazilian dish, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, this is vegetarians and vegans. Kavya <laughs> is. It's um, oxtail or any type of meat. I suppose beef will do to chicken, not so much. Um, so oxtail with like 
different vegetables, aubergines, radish, mm, spinach, tomatoes. But then the secret, the, the main ingredient, and this is why it's so good, is peanut butter. <gasps> peanut butter sauce. Ooh, like satay. Yum. I like know, but sweet. It's, so, it's not sweet. It's not sweet. Mm. That's why. It's just this buttery, creamy. It reminds me of gado gado, minus the Probably, meat. Probably, but I feel gado gado is still sweet and it's got egg, doesn't it? Maybe. Can't and remember. it's drier. And, but this is like, it's just like a stew kind of thing. Oh. So, and it takes ages to make. You actually need to spend like two, three hours. Um, what do you call it? Like uh, boiling the... Oh, simmering. Boiling, simmering. Simmering. Sim- simmering. Yeah, the simmering? stew, yeah. When you, when you make We were all stew. doing the same hand movement. <laughs> With my... Just like, we're like... Oh. I, don't, oh, I don't know. Why do you not Can't even this? explain that hand yeah. movement. Yeah, anyway. Or the Latin, which I did not like because it's not if you look at it if you google it it looks so disgusting it's taro leaves with coconut milk sometimes people would add shrimp um mm. but um it's it's coconut it's, it's nice it's i i didn't like it when i was growing up but i just recently i was like i really i really enjoy this um but my my, my food memory would probably be and this is how i'm telling you this is i think it's important to say this is how western westernized philippines can be it's Jollibee. You guys know Jollibee? No. It's just an American it's fast, thing. It's like fast food. It's the McDonald's mm. equivalent. I think you've mentioned this before. They opened a new uh, new uh, restaurant branch? branch branch in Leicester. So you know when you look was? No. You know when you yeah. look yeah. Right next to it. How visible. Oh how So central. And I wanted to make a comment about this because... At first, I wasn't comfortable at, at first with this. And I wonder why. I was like, am I too ashamed? Because never have we been so visible in Leicester, our community. And now you have this Jollibee right smack in the middle of the city centre. But then I thought to myself, you know what? No, why not? It's, we have a really big community. And it's just like a franchise, like any other. Like Starbucks has yeah. conquered the world. So... Mm. I, I realized I didn't describe the menu. I'd always ask my mom on the way home from um, primary school, but I felt so shy saying that I want to go to Jollibee. So I would just make a conversation and indirectly ask her. And she would know. She would know from the first sentence, you want to go to Jollibee, don't you? I'm like, yes, yes. So, yeah. What is this? April, you mentioned that place. What is that? I've never heard of it before. Jo- Jollibee. Jollibee. Yes. I feel like I'm saying it wrong, but... <laughs> I, I can take you there if you want. Go on. Point. There's one in London. What's your favorite oh, order? What would you normally have? I, okay, this is going to sound weird. We always have chicken, like fried chicken and spaghetti bolognese together. I know it sounds <laughs> weird, but that's a combo meal. Don't what? judge me. How is <laughs> that a combo meal? It's a combo meal, guys. It is. <laughs> I wonder Since if it's still a time. combo meal. Is it still? It you is, go to it's still is it of course, thing? yeah. It's the main staple. Like, did you even go to Jollibee if you didn't get the, the crispy? But I wonder, I wonder whether it's, whether Jollibee, is it an American thing, did you say? Well, obviously it was like um, influenced by fast food culture. Yeah. Oh, so it's not but actually it's, an American company. It's no, Filipino. it's a Filipino, oh, but wow. it's adapted to, to Filipino tastes. And this is why it freaked me out. and fried chicken. Exactly. <laughs> and this is why it freaked me out because now it's like turning the tables, isn't it? All these um, businesses starting to pop up in Western society, like as an Asia, like back in the Philippines, was so used to all these like global, international, you know, chains being there, and we've embraced it, I suppose, maybe a little bit too much that we kind of forgot to appreciate our own. And now here we are, whoa, right there in the middle. I'm like, I wonder how is this gonna is this gonna cause a stir? is this going to be seen as an invasion and like food can be so political as well you know mm-hmm. like yeah we'll see Interesting. Yeah? the point that i was making it's maybe like now food is food is becoming more and more celebrated do you guys think yeah like would you say that Leila? well Leila doesn't look convinced i'm not sure i wonder if i want to say yes but i wonder if that's because we celebrate it more because we're more aware of it and we love um, it. Is it an, yeah, we love it. But is it is it because of the people we are? Like, does everyone celebrate food in the same way? Or is it because of our cultures? Because we've travelled a lot? Because we studied languages and have lived abroad? Mm. Because, yeah. And is it food. because of nostalgia? Is it because of nostalgia as well? And that. Is it because we're approaching 30 and, mm. like, when we have certain meals, 
it's nostalgia for us and it's that connection between different parts of who we are and our culture yeah it could be that but isn't that a positive thing anyway yeah it is a positive thing definitely but just to that point we should probably wish everyone a happy christmas oh yes yes because by the time this episode is released it will be approaching christmas christmas and i'm sure people will be celebrating i'm sure they'll be celebrating food some at some point with someone somewhere i hope so Whoever you are, wherever you are listening. (laughs) Um. And whatever you're going to eat, enjoy it. We need some enjoyment this year. Yeah, we do. That we do. And so... (laughs) 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 Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the episode and would love to hear your opinions. Send us an email at britishwithadash at gmail.com or drop us a DM on Instagram at British with a dash. Remember, that's at British with a dash. Please share, like, and follow. Until next time.